See, some of you feel like that you're entitled to this, that you deserve to this because of your last name, because of what you could do. But I do not. I'm here today because of the mercies of the Lord and because of His love and His grace. It was amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. If you have your Bibles, Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verse 17 through 21. Amen. Praise God. Glad everybody has tuned in today. And I'm looking forward to the day that we can all convene together and be together. Amen. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. For by one man's offense, death reigned by one. Much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounds, grace did much more abound. You ought to clap your hands unto the Lord. You ought to raise your head high. You ought to put your shoulders back. And you ought to thank God for grace and mercy today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God bless you. May be seated in Jesus' name. Amen. In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth and all that is upon the earth. He created mankind by forming him from the dust of the ground. He then breathed into mankind the breath of life. And from that moment forward, men became a living soul. Genesis chapter 2 verse 8 says, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there He put the man whom He had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life is also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Notice this. God puts Adam to work. He gives him a job. And all he does is he understands that man needs to work. The Bible said if a man don't work, a man don't eat. It's good to work. Why don't you say that? It's good to work. We've got a lot of people right now that don't want to go back to work. They need to go back to work. Amen. God gives Adam a job. And, and, and we understand that. And verse 16 says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden 
Thou mayest freely eat. Everything you see, everything that I planted for you, you can eat out of every tree of the garden. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest, therefore thou shalt surely die. God gives Adam one command. Stay away from that tree. I've given you every other tree that's pleasant and good for the eye, that tastes good. I've given everything. I just want you to stay away from one tree. And the Lord God said after that, He said, it is not good that man should be alone. Thank God that God saw that. He said, I will make him a helpmeet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And so Adam gives names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helpmeet for him. And so the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up his flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man made he a woe man. That's where woman came from, from the womb, woe man. It wasn't that you know Adam opened up his eyes and, and saw this lovely creature and said, Whoa, man. It was from the womb that he made. It's okay to smile, okay? It's okay to smile there in the live stream, having a great time. And Adam said, he looks at her and said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woe man because she was taken out of man. God blessed Adam. God gave him everything that he needed. He gave him a job. Thank God he gave him a job. He had a garden. He had dominion over everything that God created. He had food to eat and plenty to drink. He had a wife that loved him. There are many times I get done counseling. And, and, I, and I leave and I get in my car. And I'm like, thank God. I've got a woman that loves me. <laughs> and loves God. Adam had a wife that loved him. He was blessed by God. He was a blessed man. Do you realize that God blessed Adam? You realize that? He gave him everything he needed. That's what God is. If you were to define God, you would define God as a giver. God loves to give. God loves to bless God loves to give us good things. God loves to give good gifts to His children. I submit to you today that God wants to bless you. God wants to give you all of heaven's resources. His word goes on to say it like this in Matthew 7, 11. He said, if ye then, being evil, 
Know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your heavenly Father give good things to them that ask of them? Can I tell you again without sounding redundant, God wants to bless you. God desires to bless you. God loves you more than anybody else does. Would you say that God loves me? God loves me. And so we know that he blessed Adam. He gave Adam everything he needed. Adam wanted for nothing because God took care of Adam. But there came a day. Always seems to happen that way. There came a day when the serpent came into the garden. The Bible says the serpent was more subtle than any other beast of the field. Simply, the serpent was clever. He was shrewd. He was prudent. He was crafty. Notice, he came to the woman with a question for her. Questioning God himself. Can I just tell you, the adversary of your soul loves to bring questions to you. Loves to bring doubt. Loves to bring confusion, loves to bring worry and anxiety and stress. And that's what he did. He poses the question in Genesis chapter 3 verses 1 through 19. He said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Can I tell you, the serpent already knew the answer. The serpent knew the commandment from God. But he was crafty with his words to make her doubt the very commandments of God. You can't eat every tree of the garden. That doesn't seem fair. That doesn't seem right. Hath God really said you can't eat of it? See what he does? He causes a conversation with her. He engages her without her even knowing his intentions. It's almost like going to the mall. Or it was almost like going to the mall. We don't know what that is no more. But it's almost like going to the mall. I don't know if it's ever happened to you. Happened to me very often. And many times my kids are like, Dad, that's rude. (laughs) It's like you're walking through and they're like, Hey, nice shoes. Hey, nice shirt. They could care less about my shoes. They really don't like my shirt. But they're trying to have a conversation. Because if I could just stop from walking through the mall, they're going to show me, hey, have you seen this? Let me just show you what this product can do. It's very easy for me to say no. But for my family, they love to talk to my family. Because my family were like, we got to have it. We we can't leave this place without it. (laughs) Do you live here? Yeah, no, I don't live here. I don't want to buy anything. I don't want to stop. That's what the serpent did. The serpent got her talking. The serpent got her to stop right there so he could talk to her. Can I just tell you, we better be careful who we commune with. We better be careful who we spend our time with because it really matters 
who we engage with. It really does matter who we spend time with. We can't afford to stop by naysayers. We can't afford to commune with negative people. We have got to make up our mind. It really matters who I talk with and I engage with. She replies this in verse 2. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of every fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, we can't eat it. Neither can we touch it. God never told Adam that he couldn't touch it. Now it's a good idea not to touch it. It's a good idea not to get close to it. But he never instructed them not to touch it. He just said only of the tree in the garden. Don't eat of it. That's my number one rule. Don't eat of that tree. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God does know that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. And ye shall be as gods. The very thing that the devil wanted to be, the very thing that caused the first church split in heaven. The very thing that got him kicked out of heaven was I want to be like the most high. He wanted to be like God. He wanted to see like God. And he said, you won't die. Your eyes will be opened. He paints the picture. He's engaged with her. Causing her to question the very commandments of God. If you eat this, your eyes will be opened. You'll never have to wear glasses again. You'll be like God. And you'll be able to know both good and evil. Knowing good and evil, all you have to do is partake of the forbidden. All you have to do is go against the commandments of God. It won't hurt you. It won't kill you. It won't destroy, destroy you. All you have to do is try it. The Bible says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food. See, they, they never even looked and stopped for food. They, ever never, they, they never had any desire to eat of it. But when they engaged with the serpent, the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. We pause there and we say, what in the world were you thinking? You had it all. And instantly, in verse 7, and the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they, look, look what they did. They sewed fig leaves together. Immediately, when sin came in, what they try to do? They try to cover it up. They tried to cover up the sin. And notice what happens. 
after they tried to cover it up. Verse number 8. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. They started to hide from God. Hello. God's everywhere. God knows everything. God sees everything. But they hear the voice of the Lord walking in the garden and they hide themselves from the presence of God. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? He said, I I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And God said, who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee now shouldest not eat? And the man said, he, he, was a, he was a man with backbone. Because the man said, it was the woman whom thou gavest to me. She gave me of the tree, and I did eat it. Notice what sin does. It starts to blame others for the sin. It is called the blame game. It isn't a new thing. Once sin comes in, the blame game comes in. It was the woman. God, I didn't ask for her. You gave me this woman. And she was the one that gave it to me. It wasn't my fault. It was hers. Come on, Adam. You are standing right next to her in the garden. Think about it. Adam was standing right next to her when the serpent was speaking to her. You blame it on the woman. Adam, we blame it on you. Because God gave you the commandment. God gave you the words. God gave you the instructions. And you were right there when the serpent was talking to him. And you stayed silent. We want to blame the woman, but it was the danger of the silence of a man. It was the danger of Adam when he should have shouted at an alarm. He he should have shouted, stay away. But it was Adam that stayed silent. Can I tell you this morning, we can't stay silent. We can't stay silent in the face of adversity and in the face of sin. We have got to do our part and stand up in an untoward generation. Square our shoulders back and raise our head high. And we've got to shout it from the mountaintop. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it's the power of God unto salvation. Can I tell you what we need in this hour? 
is not the remedy for the coronavirus, but we need men and we need women that will stand up and proclaim, not on my watch, no, 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 I will not bow, I will not cower, I will not compromise. I'm going to take a stand for living for God. Because I know the world does not like this kind of preaching. I know the world doesn't like for those that, 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 that you, you, you could pronounce anything. You, you can identify your body as anything you want it to be. You, you, you can protest just about everything. But when you talk about church, when you talk about God, see, we got a world that says we got to tolerate everybody. God loves everybody. Well, you're right, God does love everybody. God does love the sinner, but he does not love the sin. And there will come a day where there will be people that will despise good. And they'll say, we've got to love evil. We've got to embrace evil. Not on my watch. Not today, devil. I want to stand up and proclaim that the only word and the only voice I've got to listen to is thus saith the word of God. We need men and women that will not be silent. We need men and women that will make up their mind, I'm going to live right. I'm going to talk right. I'm going to act right. I'm going to dress right. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Adam plays the blame game. And guess what Eve does? Eve continues to play it. Verse number 13, And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me. That's a nice word. Why would you do that? Well, I was beguiled. It was the serpent that beguiled me, and I did eat. So God now changes the focus for the man, changes the focus from the serpent or, or, or the woman, and now he looks at the serpent. And verse 14 says, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go. And thus shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I'll put in between, between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. And thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall have the rule over thee. And to Adam, he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of that tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and, and thistles shall it bring forth to thee. And thou shalt eat the herb of the field. And in the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread. Till thou return unto the ground, for out of it was thou taken, for dust thou art, and dust shalt thou return. Adam, you listen to me. I love you. 
I'll always love you. But because you disobeyed my voice, because you chose not to follow after my commandments, there'll be a curse you'll have to deal with. I did not create the curse. You did. You can't play the blame on anybody else for you chose the curse and upon you and all the future generations because of your actions. It's what we read. For by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Because of Adam, all of us, Everybody, Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Because of Adam, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did mother conceive me. We were all made sinners. We were all cursed with a curse because of him. Because of the choice that he made. Because of his decision. We were all a product of his actions and we were infected with a curse. Can I tell you, Adam brought death. Adam brought disease. He brought heartache and pain. A lot of people want to blame God. Well, God, you did this. No, he didn't. It was Adam that brought guilt and depression into our world. It was Adam that brought loneliness and discouragement. It was Adam that brought murder. And on and on. Cain and Abel. It was because of the sins of the Father. We've all been affected by His choice. No hope. No life. No purpose. No communion with God. For by one man's sin. Many were made sinners. But I'm glad the word of the Lord does not stop there. See, there's an adversary out there that wants to stop with that. That you're a failure and you'll always be a failure. And I know what you did and and I know where you went and I know what you said. Understand that. But the word of God doesn't stop there. He says, by the disobedience of one, many were made sinners, but by one man's obedience shall many be made righteous. By the obedience of Jesus Christ, by what he did for me, he took on the shame, he took on the pain, he took on depression, he took on the sin, he took on the curse, he took all the sins, the Bible says, upon himself. What's that mean, Pastor? I'm telling you, he made a way. He made a way out of escape. 1 Peter 1.18 says, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, you can't buy your way out of this. You can't manufacture your way out of this. From your vain conversations received by tradition from your father. Well, you know, you know my, my mother's religion and my grandma's, who cares about that? Religion will not save you. Only relationship will. As the Bible says, with the precious blood of Christ, 
as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Can I tell you this morning, on a Sunday morning, He paid it all. He redeemed us that we might have life. What does that mean? We have the power now to understand that we can make the choice, that we can break the curse. We can change our past. We have the power to turn our families around. We have the power to turn our homes that was once a corrupt and carnal home. We have the power today to say, you know what, not anymore. I'm going to change it into a godly home. We've got a power to turn our marriages around. We have the power to break the curse of future generations. Why? Because Jesus broke the curse. See, I, I said on the onset, I don't deserve to be here. I don't deserve to feel what I feel. But he broke the curse for me. And he broke the curse for you. Can I challenge you today? Forget about your past. Forget about your mistakes. Because he paid it all. He broke the curse. And the best thing that we could do and, and the best decision we could ever make is we got to make that decision to run to Him. To put Him first in our home. To put Him first in our family. To put Him first in our marriage. Break the curse. And get it off your home. Because you can't change yesterday. But you can change today. And by changing today, you change your tomorrow. That's what it's all about. It's making up your mind. I, I'm going to break the curse. I'm going to make up my mind that I want God back in my life. I'm going to make up my mind that whatever I do, I realize I'm living in the last days. But I'm making up my mind today. God, I'm running back to you. I tell you, that's what the prodigal did. He found himself in the pig pen. Found himself broken, destitute, discouraged. Guilt, depression ruled his life. He found himself in the slop. And he looks up. Realizes that at daddy's house, servants were fed. At daddy's house, servants were taken care of. He realized that he disgraced the family name. He realized he'd made some horrific choices that hurt his family. But he made up his mind. I'm going back to dad's house. I'm going to turn some things around. I don't deserve to be a son anymore. I don't deserve to be in the family. Cast my garments out. 
going to be a servant. He comes there down that dusty road. His head low, shoulders shrugged. As all the guilt and the depression and the anxiety were laid upon him. The heap of all the mistakes. Many people say, well, why didn't he run back? Well, he couldn't run. Sin had left its mark on him. His daddy, his daddy was watching. His daddy was hoping. I don't know how many days daddy spent on that porch. I don't know how many sleepless nights daddy had. But one day, he saw the dust begin to roll up. He looked. Could it be? He's walking different. He slumped over. Could that be my boy? Bible said daddy ran to him. Dad got there. Fell on his boy's neck. Should have been the other way. Prodigal didn't have the strength. Daddy fell on his neck. He kissed him. He said, son, I love you. I'm glad you're home. The boy looked and said, I don't deserve to wear this anymore. I'll just be a servant. Daddy didn't even hear him. Daddy said, give me his garments. Put a robe over him. As my boy that was once lost, he's now found. Put that ring on his finger. Because now my boy has the power to make decisions again in the family's name. Give him shoes. Kill the fatted calf. We're going to have a party. What's the party, Dad? Are we going to celebrate his bad choices? No. We're not going to beat him over the head and say, See, I told you so. We're going to have a party. Because my boy that was once lost is now found. My boy that was once dead is now alive again. I'm preaching to you this morning. We are living in the last days and there is an enemy that wants to kill, destroy, and take you out. But there is a God that loves you. There is a God that loves you. There is a God that loves you today. But you got to make up your mind. I'm breaking the curse. I'm breaking failures today. I'm breaking the past away today. And I'm running today. Oh, come on. Would you lift your voice with me this morning? Would you lift your voice today? 
wherever you are. It may be in your living room. It may be driving down the road. It may be in your bedroom. Wherever it is, would you just run to the Lord? Would you just cry out to Him, Lord, I'm coming back home. Forgive me today. Come on, lift up your voice in this house today. Today's a day that mercy has stepped in. Today's a day that love has come in. Today's a day where grace. By the blood of Jesus' name. Run into you, God. Making a new commitment, God. Have been washed in Jesus' name. To serve you. Let your blood run over me. Let your blood run over my family. Come on. Is there a mom? Is there a dad? That'll begin to weep for your home and weep for your family. Is there a young person that'll make up their mind? I'm going to live for God. Doesn't matter what comes. Doesn't matter what goes. I'm going to run to Him. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. No more. Come on. I feel mercy. I feel mercy in this building. I feel love in this building. Come on. Where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. It's for you. It's for my grace. Are we saved? Through faith of that But it's the gift of God. Come on. Entertain his presence. Lift your voice. Only brought I want to live for you, God. I want to serve you, God. He was. I know I made a mess out of life. He I know I made some wrong decisions. His blood I've been but I'm making up my mind, free. God. I'm gonna live for you. You can wash Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Come on, you got a few minutes. Spin in his presence. What Touch heaven today. Realize there's a God that loves you. Realize there's a God that's never forgot about you. Realize there's a God that wants to restore you. Can make me whole again. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can wash? Away my sin. He can do it. Nothing but, but the blood, blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And what can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. No more. Condemnation only brought me to conviction. He washed me, he cleansed.
cleanse me by his blood I've been set free no more condemnation only brought me to conviction he washed me he washed me he cleansed me and by his blood I've been set free and I'm coming back to the heart of worship where it's all about you it's all about you Jesus and I'm sorry Lord for the thing I've made it where it's all about you it's all about you, Jesus. Come on, raise your hand to the Lord. And I'm coming back to Sing to him. the heart of worship. worship him. Where it's all Magnify about him. you. It's all about you, Jesus. And I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made. It. Where it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you. It's all about you. Oh, yes, it is, God. Jesus. It's all about you, yes. It's all about you. Jesus. It's all about you. It's all about you. Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship where it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. And I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it where it's all about you it's all about you Jesus your best days are not behind you but they're in front of you I am convinced that nobody is too far gone they may be far from home but they're not that far. I'm a believer in people. Well, I'm a believer in God. But I'm also a believer in people. For I believe it just takes one Holy Ghost encounter. One divine intervention. One road to Damascus. Where God could change some things in your life. Don't do it for anybody but you. Make up your mind. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to start new. See, the moment we try to live for God for somebody else is the moment it becomes religion. But the moment you make up your mind, I'm going to live for God for me, then it becomes relationship. And now I seek not to please 
men, but I seek to please God. And the moment you do that is the moment God turns things around in your life. But you're not waiting on God. God waits on you to make up your mind. Repent. That's an old soldier's decree is repent. They shouted it, repent. And when they repent, they would turn, 180 degree turn, and they'd start towards another direction. That's what repentance is. Doing away from sin. Killing sin. Walking away. And walking towards God. We don't get good to get God. We just get God to get good. Get God in the equation of our lives and all things begin to happen. God, we love you today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for Calvary. Thank you for your love, your mercy, and your goodness. I'm praying, God, today that you would begin to touch lives. And I'm praying that people would make up their mind to live for you. We don't have a lot of time to play and waste. But what we do, we need to do quickly. And I'm praying, God, that eyes of men and women would be open and hearts would turn towards you, that we would run to you and break the curse. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. Amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord. God bless you. We have a 2 o'clock Spanish service. Pase Cristo, hermano. Gloria a Dios. Espíritu Santo. 2 o'clock. And then also 6 o'clock. Wonderful evangelistic service here. Make sure you tune in. God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.